to get Victorians back to work and grow the economy, Jobs Victoria is backing small businesses and job seekers. There are free services to help employers find and hire staff, including up to $20,000 wage subsidies. And for job seekers, there's free support to connect you to jobs, training and careers counselling. So if you're looking for work or workers, Jobs Victoria is ready to back you. Find out more at jobs.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. Millions of despairing men, women and little children. Victims of a system that makes men torture and imprison innocent people. You cannot shake hands with a clenched fist. Produced by a nuclear exchange would be carried by wind and water and soil and seed to the far corners of the kingdom of God, the The kingdom kingdom of heaven. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. We're not saying that planet Earth is coming to an end. We're saying that planet Earth is about to be refurbished, spaded under, and have another chance to serve as a garden for another civilization. Most of the people in here are just your reflections. They're your mistakes. 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. One million of the planet's eight million species are threatened. You are what you repeatedly do. Therefore, excellence ought to be a habit, not an act. Your lives and the credibility of the United Nations is at stake. Epstein didn't kill himself. The reason this is such an interesting time is not only because we're on the threshold of the end of this civilization. They're trying to take you out with bullshit. The experience of the past two years has proven beyond doubt that no nation can appease the Nazis. To those who can hear me, I say, do not despair. The misery that is now upon us is but the passing of greed, the bitterness of men who fear the way of human progress. The hate of men will pass and dictators die, and the power they took from the people will return to the people. And so long as men die, liberty will never perish. In the language of the U.S. Department of Defense, these are unidentified aerial phenomena. Roswell's a very interesting place with a lot of people that would like to know what's going on. Uh, there is very compelling evidence that we, uh, we may not be alone. This is the Garden of Doom. Welcome everyone into Garden of Doom. This week we have Ken from the By the Fire podcast. So I'm really excited to have her in the show. She's coming to us from the UK. Uh, we record usually around one o'clock Eastern my time, so she's given her evening to us. So thank you very much, Ken, and thanks for coming into the garden. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you so much. Yeah, my name is Ken, and host of By the Fire podcast. And on this podcast, I love to talk about mythology from across the Black diaspora. Um, like Jeff said, I am from the UK, but I'm originally Nigerian, so it's quite nice to research about. Um, mythology and spirituality from my culture but also learn about the vast things that's out there in the world as well so yeah it is the evening it's around six o'clock now but the sun's out so it's nice i didn't know you had sun in britain that's that's great you know what it's we i don't know either <laughs> I didn't know either. Fair, today. <laughs> fair enough. So very excited to get her on the show because, I mean, you know, I, this show has always wanted to have lore and mythology, and we do, but, uh, you know, it, it's been not difficult, but it's been a challenge to get 
folks who can tell the stories firsthand authentically you know it's from their hearts and i you know i'm i'm working on that and and have success uh periodically um but with the variety of the show and with the guests that i book and oh frankly i overbook um it's been hard so folks this is going to be a treat and Ken and I, we did not, we did not prepare. She actually said, "Do you want me to give you a list of what I'm going to talk about?" I said, "No, nah, surprise me." So everything you hear is going to be on my end anyway, extemporaneous. It's going to so, uh, but I'm hoping that we will validate our suspicions that we're going to hear a lot of similar types of characters um, yeah. and, and things. So, sure. with no with no further ado, Ken, take it over. You're the lead. Yeah, I mean, you know, we were talking earlier about how there are always similar tropes that are in mythology. So there are always witches and vampires and, you know, succubi and soul eaters. And I think, you know, I think I'll start off with like a vampire. Um, which one should I talk about? Gosh, there's so many. So, so many, so many. Let me have a look at what I have in my head. So the succubi is the female version of sort of the demon or spirit that comes to you in your bed and and uh mm-hmm. basically the excuse for the, the the wet dream i guess but it seduces you and ev- oh, yeah. eventually takes yourself the incubus is the male version is that correct mm-hmm. yes so like an example i can think of is called the siguapa so um that literally means guapa is spanish for beautiful shout out to my school and learn spanish and she's from dominican republic Republic, which is in the Caribbean. And her backstory is that she will seduce men who then see her as beautiful and then lead them into the mountains. And then eventually they'll actually engage in, what's the word? They'll engage in fun. I don't know if this is a PG um, podcast. <laughs> and oh, then, no, you, um, you can curse if you want. Okay, okay, so they'll have sex. And then. Um, sex so is not a curse. I know. Here, I'll make it easy for you. Fuck. So then now you know. Now everything is everything <laughs> everything is available to you. They do that. And then like eventually she kills him. And one cool thing about her, which I've noticed in a lot of mythology, is that she has backwards face and feet. So you'll look at her and she'll look completely normal. She's very beautiful. She has, you know, a female form of long flowing hair. Um but then if you look down, her feet are facing the other way. And I think one thing about that whole anatomy, I'm not sure if you've heard anything, if you know anything in mythology about feet being weird. I have. I've heard that I've heard of characters yeah. from different mythologies, characters, uh, with the feet being backwards, sort of so that you know you're always like uh, you, you think you're following the trail, but instead they're mm-hmm. like behind you, that that kind of thing. And, and I know there's at least one in South America, at least one. And uh, you said Dominican Republic, which is on the mm. island of Hispaniola, where Haiti's half of the Dominican Republic. So it's it's in, it's close, but not that close. Yeah, no, but exactly what you were saying. Um, I remember asking people online, like, what is the deal with this? And someone literally said what you just said about the trail being off. And gosh, I just cannot imagine being in the forest, seeing... Foot, you know, footprints one way and it could be completely wrong and I think another thing with the backwards feet as well is that it's just a clear reference of this person is not normal this is not a normal human being because we don't see that in humans, this is not human you should be very afraid, you should run away but the issue with 
you know, succubus, and particularly the Siquapa, is that because she is so beautiful, you just don't think. Right, the backwards feet, it's not a deal breaker. Amber flag, not a red one. Right, you could just you know just pretend that you're scuba diving because when you scuba, yeah. when you when you're snorkeling or scuba diving you walk backwards with the flippers right so, so you exactly. don't trip. Does, does she have regular feet or are they like flippers or car, uh, clawed feet? Does she have talons? What's going on with those feet? Are they just human feet that are regular, regular, ten toes? Everything looks fine, but the thing is, it's dark, so you don't, you don't really tell. You might have to be close up to see that. Oh wait, it's not facing the front. What's going on here? Now, balance must be off, or her balance is really stupendous, which is really, frankly, another feature in allowing the seduction to take place, because her balance is that good. All right, I'm going to let the audience... This is, we, we can be explicit, but we're not going to be that explicit. Um, so do you, I, where do you think the origins are? Do you think that this was imported from South America? Do you think this is, was imported from Africa as part of the tra- transatlantic... Uh, slave trade? Do you think this came from the indigenous populations that, that uh, might have been on these islands before? Do we have any idea? Or do you have any idea? Who's we? I, mean, I, mean, I, I have not, no idea. Yeah, You know what? I'm not certain, but as I mentioned earlier, given that the name has is Spanish, I would say that it indigenous in the sense that it wasn't, she wasn't brought over from the continent, from Africa, I think. I think it was definitely something that was Genesis. The ge- Genesis was from the the region that is the Dominican Republic, just because, as I said, Guapa is good-looking in Spanish. So, yes. you know, so, and it's, I'm not sure what C means, but I think it must be, like, the good-looking or something, and that lets you know, okay, beautiful woman who just happens to be a demon. Okay. Well, listen. The, the, some people say that is the real world. I mean, right now we're we're <laughs> people are obsessed with the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial and mm. coming right off the Will Smith Jada Pickett Smith thing, and everyone's got too many opinions on stuff that they yeah. you know re- really can only judge from TV and what they think they know they've seen. But, and well, I don't do TikTok. I I will always say I, I don't do Chinese spyware. I, I, I do American spyware. I, I already know I'm giving all my, my stuff away to a bunch of super companies, but uh, the, my patriotism start, you know, at least extends to, uh, to TikTok. I, and, and, and I, I'm also too old for TikTok. I mean, let's face it. Um, so, okay. So we have, we have that, that succubus. Um, the, is it the Wapasi or the Siwapa? Siwapa. So Guapa. So the G is hard. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. So which which peoples do it? Is it associated with a particular tribe or is it, it just basically from the Dominican Republic writ large? No, yeah, so it's a, the country at large. There are some that are particular to um, certain regions. Um, what's the one that's in my head right now? I'm trying to have a think. I don't know. I'm good, but I'm not that good. Yeah. <laughs> Let me see. God, I have a whole list. I wish I remembered. I wonder how people remember these things. That they talk about. Okay, hello, there we go. So, for example, there's another um, succubus called La Diables. Mm-hmm. So, have you, heard, have you heard of El Diablo? Well, yeah, you the, know, the devil. Yeah, right. exactly. So, female version is mm-hmm. La Diables. And um, is that that's also Spanish, isn't it? It sure is. Yes. Mm-hmm. There we go. So, that's from, it's a certain village in northern Trinidad. So, Trinidad is Caribbean as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's known as the devil woman. Some people call her La Jables. They're just 
I guess the D silent. And again, she was someone who apparently was born a human, but she had some deals with the devil and that made her a devil woman. Hmm. That's almost similar to some vampiric legends, but this mm-hmm. There's a bunch of stuff like that where you, you know, you trade your soul for, yeah. you know, powers or, you know, or great beauty. Uh, I think they call it a Faustian bargain. I think probably because that was part of the story of Faust. See, I, I can't, mm. I, I, I know how to use Faustian bargain correct, but I don't remember, you know, the story. Just, just the, you know, the, the takeaway. Yeah. I mean, there's a game as well. Um, God, this, my partner plays it a lot as well. Like, you know, a good person who needs to make a deal with the devil to save his loved one but then he becomes more vampiric as well as the story progresses so and then he has to eventually become that bad person it happens everywhere honestly it's the price you pay sometimes you pay the price for love sometimes it's for greed Mm -hmm. love's just a different kind of greed isn't it yeah i'm so we're so deep here in garden of doom you go. Where's that name come from? Garden of Doom? Yeah. Uh, the name comes from, well, as I told you in pre-production, that originally I had a, a co-host, or maybe I was the co-host. Anyway, when we were coming up with the name, he at the time was sort of really, really into gardening. That was like a new hobby of his, and like he was like sort of manic addict, but he was great at it. He was growing things. I was posting pictures of like his eggplants and tomatoes and cilantro. Like also, he like just, just, just decided to get this hobby. So he was this... He, he was, you know, so I'm like, well, you're doing a lot of gardening. And then like, you know, you know, part of it was, you know, about all the, you know, bad stuff that was going on in the world. And we want to do scary stuff and, and you know, cover cults and, you know, and mass murders and, and you know, things that go bump in the night. So, you know, and I'm sort of a doom, you know, sayer myself. So it just, as soon as I said garden, then of doom just came right out. So he's like, yep, that's it right there. Again, if I was to do it over and rename it, uh, probably the lazy intellectual would, would be a more appropriate tale. But but any longtime listeners of the show has heard, have heard this story probably 15 times now. And they're like, shut up, Jeff, we know. Well, the guest didn't know, and, and she yeah. is the guest. Um, okay, so Las Ablas from Trinidad. Trinidad, does Trinidad share an island with Tobago, or are they two neighbor islands? Oh, gosh, I should know this. I think they're, they're, they're neighbors. They are okay. neighbors, but they're just close. One's smaller than the other. I think the Tobago. Oh, from there. I think Tobago is more of the uh, industrial island, and Trinidad is more of the touristy island. That, I'm not sure it's a giant oversimplification, but. Yeah, I, I don't even know much about. Again, geography is also not my spot. Um, strong point. I dropped it as soon as I could. <laughs> so, right. so I don't regret it at all. Because I have a geography or history, and I was like, you know what? History is fun. It, okay, they both play into our show, but I will stop asking you picky you and geography <laughs> questions unless you offer stuff because I don't want to have gotchas. All right, uh-huh. so, who's next on our list? So let's see. Should we talk about? I don't know if you know um, this one. She's called Mummy Butter. Have you heard of her? No, Mummy Butter. Water. W A T A. Okay. So water, but not water. <laughs> <laughs> So she's she's quite mainstream actually. I think amongst black people in the diaspora because you know she's from Nigeria and basically she is um, mother water. So she's thought to be the goddess again of water, and she like represents like female sexuality and just like empowerment as well. Um, 
But the thing is, so she's always in the water, and there's one anecdote that I know is that this family went to a beach, and it wasn't even in um, Nigeria. I think it was in Haiti, and just one this girl disappeared, and it was thought that she was in the water with Mammy Water, and I think she came back and was a bit different, but it was just very suspicious. So there's always scares about mermaids and about being by the ocean because of women like her. So this is a this is a Nigerian myth or, mm-hmm. or story, yeah. but but she went to Haiti. So so that story has to be relatively new because I mean Haiti wasn't necessarily known to Nigeria. Pro- I mean I'm not sure exactly when, but probably the last what four or five hundred years. Yeah, I mean it seems as though it's, worship of her seems to have started around 1900s in, oh. in the south of Nigeria. So started to have a depiction of her through like idols, for example, in the early 20th century. I don't know why that surprises me because, I, you know, again, I guess it's just because we're, we're so, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm using the word modernized in, in just a generic mm-hmm. sense because I can't think of a better word right now and I don't want to have dead air while I'm trying to think of a better one. But like, you know, we, we don't think of other things other than like some versions of monotheism or maybe, you know, Hinduism or, or Buddhism, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, appearing on the conscience or, or, or developing over the last hundred or so years. But why? I mean, you know, why, why wouldn't other myths and things? I mean, everything arises something and at some point and not everything needs to arise, you know, 3000 or 5000 or 10,000 years ago. Mm-hmm. So some things come newer. So I don't, you know, I was surprised, but now, you know, everyone can hear me, you know, sort of wrestling with myself right now as to why I thought that. Um, I don't know, but that's interesting. I got what you're saying. To be fair, though, I'm just trying to think. She's not part of, because there is the Yoruba religion, so that's um, an ethnic group in Nigeria. I'm sorry, what's, what's the, the word thing. again? What's the, the name? Yoruba. Okay. So Y-O-R-U-B-A. Okay. Americans call it Yoruba. I'm not sure if you've heard that. Like Aruba. But, yeah, Aruba, but with a Y. Mm-hmm. But um, so Yoruba, and that is thought to be the oldest religion. So really? predating the big ones. Tell, um, t- tell me a little bit about the, I know this isn't what we were preparing to, but what 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 is the Yoruba religion? I, I don't know if I pronounce it correctly, probably not. But. Yeah, I mean, so it's a religion that has deities, but we don't call them, I think we, they um, worshippers don't call them gods and goddesses. They are Orishas, so O-R-I-S-A. Orisha. I know, I know that word because I have a show. I've already recorded it. I don't know when I'm going to drop it because I don't drop shows in order necessarily. But <laughs> it's called my personal Orishas with uh, our, our friend uh, M G Stevens, who's been on the show mm. a couple times. Yeah. So, what's that going to be about? Uh it's going to be sort of her journey with with uh, she. She had a tumultuous life, but she's also a sensitive, uh, and, but. During her journey, she did explore and study and, and I don't know how to say, I don't want to say pl- dabble in religions, but you know, mm. she, she fought, she studied, uh, voodoo and Santeria and a lot of those religions that were in the Caribbean, but have their roots in West Africa. And so she, you know, certainly had, and, and I believe she still follows it spiritually, though, maybe not doctrinally. Um, the show will say more, but but yeah, she yeah. she had the part of it was her 
that she had, you know, uh, a relationship with uh, a particular Orisha. Oh, sick. Yeah. So, I mean, so, so you know a bit already, but like, I guess... I do, but know, the audience yeah. may not, so... Yes. So there are deities who, again, have a power, ability, um, authority over certain aspects of life. So there's, like, the Orisha of... Um, sort of like sexuality, sensuality. So she's called um, Ogun. Is it Ogun or is it Oshun? No, it's Oshun. Oh my goodness. If people hear this, they're going to attack me. But she's called Oshun. Well, let's um, let's help people hear this. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. That's the yeah, goal. So yeah, that's true. I want people to talk about it and be like, you should know this. But no, she's like um, um, Arisha of like fertility and love as well. And she's quite popular. She's um seen as a beautiful woman, she's young, she's quite large, um, she wears like this amazing like yellow, yellow is her colour. So I mean I've talked about her a bit and she was depicted in like Beyonce's recent album, um, where she was wearing this beautiful yellow dress and she's someone who is really passionate but she's um slow to anger. But when she's there she's she's angry. So she will like unleash all her wrath on anyone who tries to disobey her. Sounds like me, except yellow is not my color. The rest yeah. is the rest is dead on. Um, can I ask you a silly question? I don't even know if you're familiar with the show American Gods, which was based on the Neil Gaiman book. Mm. Have you have you seen the show, or are you familiar I with haven't. it? I just know about the one character, the Enanti. Okay, so well, yeah. The, 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 well, there was also an African goddess depicted in it, and I think mm. maybe. If it was if it was not Oshun, it's probably a, a variant of 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 the the same deity. Yeah, um, yeah it's it, I mean it sounds a little bit like the you know almost like the the Venus Ishtar, uh, mm. you know uh, you know who knows well if Yoruba was the first religion that's probably where it started right that's probably- yeah you know people pray to her if they want children as well so she's again she's very much like she's difficult to appease but you know if you do appease to her um then you can get what you want as well so people tend to like worship her and there's like festivals like around the world like even um in south america she's quite um like the yoruba um t- tradition is quite um religion is quite prominent over there as well so i think because that was brought over during slavery so it's still quite popular across the diaspora as well well something that's the oldest it, it you know it's it's gonna be hard to go away right it's it's gonna mm. spread and have its corners so actually that, that that's pretty cool i have a feeling that 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 she is a the, the character in, a, in american gods um yeah. is an archetype if not the, the same goddess but yeah that that's very interesting and you know i guess if we think about it uh, mortality rates for inf- for infants uh and mothers you know, going back thousands of years, even hundreds mm. of years, was so high. Um, yeah. you, know, you know, we hear about life expectancies being like, you know, 37 years old was the median mm. age. And it's not because healthy people did live to be 70 or something like that. It, it, it's because, uh, because so many kids died before they were two, along with mothers and childbirth, that mm. like the average came down. Or at least that, that, that doesn't, I haven't studied this myself, but that, that, that is what I've been told is, is that it's, it's, you know, of course, there were also less cures for diseases and, yeah. and you know, medicines come a long way, et cetera, et cetera. But that a lot of it has to do with just uh, 
how, you know, the whole be fruitful and multiply was really a very practical thing because you needed, yeah. you know, people to work the farms and also to defend the farms and everything sort of grew from there. Mm-hmm. To get Victorians back to work and grow the economy, Jobs Victoria is backing small businesses and job seekers. There are free services to help employers find and hire staff, including up to $20,000 wage subsidies. And for job seekers, there's free support to connect you to jobs, training and careers counselling. So if you're looking for work or workers, Jobs Victoria is ready to back you. Find out more at jobs.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. No, exactly that. So, you know, she was definitely like sought after as well. She's even thought to be one of the first deities to be on Earth, one of the first 17 and the only female. And she was the one who was required to populate the the world, basically, because the other gods couldn't do it. Well, that would explain why everyone thinks that she's beautiful, because for a while she had no competition. Yeah. <laughs> no, definitely. So she, she, she is actually the definition of beauty. No, yeah. I guess so, yeah. And I think with um, what comes with that, though, is that, you know, she has that contrast, which is, you know, anger and pure, like, rage. Did but, she, it's, but, it's ju- but it's justified, I think. Did she have the rage before she started having other females or did it come after human females came into Earth? But you know, it's not just like women who are the bane of her existence. It would be just anyone who, you know, is like sacrilegious or, you know, tries to worship her in a wrong way. So, yeah, like, for example, you know, if you make a promise to her, and don't keep it, then she will just take back whatever she's given. So, for example, if you try to, you say, oh, I'll do this if you give me a child, and then you don't, then it's, then she'll take. Umbrage and revenge. I get it. I understand that now. But what I meant is that was she sort of happy-go-lucky when she was the only woman and all the gods came to her to, uh, you know, or all the, not, well, not gods, the other Orishas, and then the, you mm. know, the original men came to her and, you know, she had no competition. She was happy. But then she gave birth to 50% women or some, somewhere in that neighborhood. And then there were other women as they grew up and, and got beautiful too that, you know, that, that she had competition. Is, is that why she got mad? Not that, not that her anger couldn't be, you know, directed mm. in any direction, but, did it, did it come then or was she always, was this her when, you know, in the immortal hazes of time when, you know, from, from when she sprang before there was other life, well, did she, did she emerge with a bad temper? That's a good question. That's something I don't know. Okay. I just feel like, I well, feel like. Well, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Something for someone to think about as well. I cause headaches. That's, that, that should be a go on my gravestone. I cause headaches. <laughs> No, no. Well, good. So you can look into it and you can put on your show when when you find out mm-hmm. the answer. If there is an answer, I mean, it, it may it may be lost to the annals of of time. Yeah, as in, you know, I mean, that, I'm sure there's like research out there about it. So so far, we've had a lot of female deities who you know have various uh, methods of seduction and being really attractive and and you know being dangerous uh, and. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's certainly an archetype and a trope. Uh, and I, I have no issue with coming back to plenty of those as well. But do we have, do we have any dudes? Are there any, are there any male gods or do we have any like, you know, monsters that maybe don't conform to, uh, you know, 
sex in a traditional sense of, of, you know, I know nowadays that we don't talk about gender, but just for the sake of simplicity, they are not either male or female. They're, they're, you know, neither of those things are, it's just, it's just not part of their story. Like a giant flying dragon, like it, it does, you know, it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman, right? Yeah. I mean, so there are spirits that are like that and there are like creatures. So we can talk about birds. I'll start with spirits because why not? So, for example, there's the um, Akudaya. So these are supernatural beings who basically they're je- they're killed. Um, they're killed. They don't die in natural causes. So they're not what's the word? They're not settled. They're not satisfied. So they're ghosts, basically. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the whole idea of ghosts that ghosts who exist. You know, they have like an untimely death. They have masses that they still want to settle. So that's similar with the Akudaya. Where are they from? from no, yeah. No, no, where, Sorry, where are they from? Where, where what yeah, culture? So they're from like Nigeria as well. Okay. And the name means to die and reappear. So basically, like reincarnation, but it's not like human reincarnation as a ghost. So yeah. Can I ask you a question about um, Nigeria? Not not proper. So when we say from Nigeria, are we talking about the the borders of the country Nigeria now, or more like the historic like? If I'm if I understand correctly, and I probably don't exactly, but I know that the river Niger is there, and sort of everything mm-hmm. sort of south and west of the river Niger, I think for a while was sort of considered Nigeria. Yeah, I think it's more. It's an interesting one. That's a good question because it's a, it's a geography wise, it's it's a weird one. I don't know. I actually don't know if it's um it's it's particularly for the like Yoruba ethnic group again. Mm-hmm. So I think it's even pre sort of pre colonialism because it's not very much about the country, but it's about it's from these group of people. Right. So it's it's not that it's Nigerian; it's that Nigeria formed around it. But I mean, I think mm-hmm. the I think the the name Niger. The, I mean, I think that well pre. I mean, I think some of the countries were named after the river, which is. Mm-hmm. Really not unusual. I, I I'm really not sure, but I know that the, the the borders were you know carved up within the last 200 years or so, and I'm sure yeah. there were other borders you know uh, between um, different. Okay, so but generally speaking, West Africa uh, and most notably Nigeria. I mean, I, I don't know that people realize Nigeria is a huge country. Yeah, a lot of people too, isn't it? Like a, something like a hundred million people. Yeah, it's like it's like. Like top five most populated or something like maybe the highest populated black country in the world. A lot of people. I I think it's I think it's far and away the most populous country in Africa. I think like Egypt Mm. is a distant second. I I might be wrong, but I think so. Yeah, no, it's it's very densely populated. Um, because it's big in size, but even then, just so a lot of people there, and then they have their own cultures, and their Yoruba people are the largest ethnic group and they've been there like forever so they have a lot of their culture still saved written down passed on so that's right. why like a lot of things that i say are from those people i'm not from that um, group but it's quite interesting to learn about it as well very interesting very cool yeah so we so like, okay so so we have this spirit and yeah. so also from that area and so oh. uh, so remind me the name of, the, of this spirit Aquadaya. Aquadaya. That is a great name. It's a, it's, I mean, you know, the, the, it sounds like a bottle of water almost. Yeah. But be but careful what you drink. Just, but just not 
Except it's just worse. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, definitely so. All right, very, very cool. Do we have any, like, I don't know, vampire, werewolf kind of archetypes or, or? Oh, yeah, we do. We have, what's in my head? What was that? There's one that's really scary, actually. Well, I like scary. Yeah. I'm trying to... Like a lion man? Oh, hello. So we have a bald man. Is that a good one? Sure. From Jamaica. So it's called a rolling rolling calf. So C-A-L-F. And they are like bull-like creatures. And basically... So apparently, for some reason, this was made clear that they're always male. I don't know why, but... um, that was like when I was researching, it came up like, yeah, we'll never have a, a female bull like creature for some reason. Well, bulls are men. Bulls oh, are men. I mean, you could see, have a, you could have a cow woman. You see, again, my animal knowledge is really bad. Well, luckily, but, luckily I, I'm sort of a blithering know it all. I, you know, I, I only know things about this deep, but, but, but I know that bull, bulls are men. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So yeah. that's that's the reason why. But then, so they are spirits of people who um, were wicked and dishonest during their lifetime, and they're supposedly people who were usually butchers. I think it's the irony that yeah. butchers, you know, kill meat, and now they become the meat that they killed. You are what you eat, I guess, literally. Yeah. Are, is it sort of like the the minotaur? Or some people say the minotaur. Or is it just a? It's different in every way. Yeah, so, uh, sim- yes, yeah, similar, because, you know, it has, like, red, these red eyes that exude fire, and its body is, like, wrapped in chains, and you can actually Ooh. hear these chains if you're in a certain part of the forest. That's a little bit scary now, that, and it's also, mm-hmm. like, armor, I guess, right? I mean, you know, it, pr- yeah. it would be protective. Um, does the bull man have, like, aids, like the pig man, the goat man, the chicken man? I mean, I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, like, other animals that, that people traditionally killed and ate, you know, the domesticated and, and ate, or is, is, does the bull man walk alone? Mm. As in, are there other similar creatures to him? Other similar creatures? Uh, is he solitary, or, or, or are there, like, groups of bull men that come around, or is, you know, he, he's territorial, he takes care of his own business? Oh, solo, like, solo. Solo. So. You know, you'll be, like, at a crossroad, and... In the distance, you'll just see one, like two pairs of red eyes, always by itself. I think just because it's just doomed to a life of solitary because of what it's been doing when it was alive. Aw, it's a little bit sad. I, I would like yeah. to be friends with the bull man. I mean, of course, we would commit horrendous evil together, but. To be fair, it's kind of sad too. It's interesting because the way you can like escape it is they are apparently ter- terrified of being beaten. So if you hold a whip, and threaten it with your left hand or scare it off. So it does have like a soft spot. It sure does. So, yeah. so it I would said be- scary. I said scary, didn't I? And then I ended up with like a this cute, not scary bull. Well, that's all right. Well, no, I mean, bull, I, I don't think it's little, but you know, everything has an Achilles heel, uh, even, mm. even brave Achilles, right? So the, the, you know, the whip is, it's, but that's, how, when did this myth emerge? I'm trying to wonder if it, if it was, you know, older than slavery, to be frank, because the whip obviously, you know, how conjures those kinds of images and, and mm. thoughts. And, you know, that would be, it's almost, it would almost be a reaction. But if it's older than 
transatlantic slavery, that would just be sort of a odd little quirk that it happens to be a whip. And also the, the left hand, I mean, you know, this in a different doctrine altogether, the left hand is associated with being satanic, you know, following more of the occult. And I'm just wondering if that, if, if somehow this, if there's some relationship here, somehow, somewhere to the left hand, but I, I know that I said a lot there. Is there, do we know the age and is there any relationship with the whip or is it just, that was, that's just the weapon that, that it's, is its weakness. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I'm not hundred percent sure. I don't want to say an answer and then it's wrong, okay. but I, I think just having that weapon is already threatening like in whatever context that you know it from. So I, I wouldn't even be able to say you know, a time frame of when it was, but in terms of like the left hand, exactly what you were saying. Um, I know like in my culture, you just, you can't even, where I'm from, you can't even pass something to someone with a left hand because it's just, they won't take it. The other person will just be like, what if you're a lefty? You know? I mean, are you an outcast immediately? <laughs> well, I mean, what about like, there's, I'm, not, I'm sure in America as well, the, the history of those who were left-handed being, terrorized right i don't know i have to look into it i mean i I remember from the simpson there was the big joke where where uh, flanders started the left hand store uh and homer berated him but it became you know once it closed everyone's like i needed that you know all the left-handers um i don't know i I know in baseball they need left-handed pitchers and left-handed power hitters but was there never a thing of you know in the early 20th century where um if you were left-handed, you were like scolded to write with your right hand. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that. Just, I mean, you know, the you know, quote normalization end quote. I don't know if it was deeper than that, and I don't know if it's related to the left-hand sort of satanic occult uh, mm. thoughts too. Because a lot of the occult in North America came after that. You know, it was sort of 1900. So I don't, I don't. Good question. Now you, you got me. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I don't know the history. You know, and and. I imagine that whatever we had here in America probably came from where you are now, the UK and, mm. and, you know, you know, Europe for at least, uh, you know, and, and, and possibly I've never heard anything like that from first nations here, but uh, I, I haven't gotten real in depth and haven't been real successful in talking to first nations folks. So if you're listening, love to hear from you. Uh, I don't know the answer. To that. Interesting. Something to mm. look into left. Maybe one time I'll do a show on just left-handed in general, all things associated with left-handed. Yeah. And re- remember that uh, in West Africa, that's sort of um, taboo. And if you see a bull man, at least one in Jamaica, put, mm. and you have a whip, if you're Indiana Jones and you always have a whip to put it in uh, your left hand, because apparently it doesn't work in your right hand. So a, a, lot, a lot of dominoes have to fall to make this bull man vulnerable i'm still wondering with the red fire eyes and 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 the chains why a whip is is problematic but <laughs> but even the dragon there's always like one week scale you know there's yeah. you know there's gosh i all about a creature um what's this creature the Groot line have you heard of that i have not heard of the Groot line so this is south africa now okay and i this i can tell you about this one um origin wise i think it came from the afrikaans because I believe it's a Dutch word. Oh, they're, they're, what a boar. See, get it, boar. What? I got it. I got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here we go, here we go. So it was Maybe I should do it for the audience. 
folks, Boers. That's what that's what they call the Dutch uh, white Afrikaners. They, they call themselves mm-hmm. Boers, B-O-H-R. So I, I call Boer like you're Boer. Mm-hmm. That's my very mm-hmm. clever joke there. Sorry about that. Did I, is that how you spell it? I think so. I thought I so. Be, uh, I have something else. But you know what? It might be. Well, what do you have? Maybe you're right. Maybe your memory is correct. I thought it was... Is it B-O-U-R? You know what? It could be spelled differently in different ways. Okay. I have the Groot slang down. I didn't talk about it, but I think it's episode 50 or 52 I did with PJ Black, who's from South Africa. Uh, Now, some of you may have remembered the show. Some of you may know PJ Black. He's a professional wrestler, and he was also in WWE under Justin Gabriel for a number of years, for five years. And he still wrestles, and he's in South Africa now. But we had a list of of creatures, but we didn't go over all of them because we were going to do additional shows in the future. It just didn't work out. We're hopefully still planning that. He's studying something else. But the Groot Slang, let's see if I have it right. It's a snake body with four tusked elephant heads with ram's horns guarding gems, but it can be bargained with. And... Mm -hmm. Then I have this word that I'm sure I knew what it meant then. I'm not sure if I just typed it and, and didn't hit return to make it a new paragraph. Then I have Richtersveld, R-I-C-H-T-E-R-S-V-E-L-D, which I know veld, I think, means like land or field. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so is Richtersveld associated with the Groot slang, or did I just not delete enough? It is. Okay. It is. Well done. Um, do I even need to say more? Yes. Please. No, it's it's a place. So it's a, it's in the northwestern corner of South Africa's northern Cape province. Mm-hmm. It's a long thing to say. It's basically in the northwest of South Africa. It's a place. And that's where the Grootsland is from. So like you were saying, it's in this lovely, legendary cryptid. And the reason why I mentioned it is because, you know, we're talking about all the things that, you know, these creatures are big and mighty, but like you said, they have a Achilles heel. And this one, like you said, it can be bargained with. And it wants gold. It wants money. And I was just like, you know what? Just like the boars. Yeah. Oh, God. Rewind. <laughs> and the Anunnaki. Say that again? And the Anunnaki. Oh, what's that? <gasps> you don't know the Anunnaki? Okay, listen, I don't want to take you down this rabbit hole, but the Anunnaki, <laughs> it's an old Sumerian, basically, origin of, of this uh, gods or aliens that came down and basically created men, their flood myth, and they created men basically as, as a workforce to, I don't mean, I mean men, humans, um, mm. to, to basically to harvest gold for, you know, there's various theories as to why. I've done many shows with the Anunnaki, and I have one actually that I recorded like two days ago with my friends from the Inhumans experience. So look for that one, a show on the Anunnaki. But uh, uh, Zachariah Sitchin is probably the number one authority for the Anunnaki and Anunnaki lore, uh, at least for the last 50 years. So anyway, yeah. Okay. So, But back to the Groot Slam. Because I, I mean, I think this is amazing. You got a snake body, you have... You have a, an elephant head with four tusks. It's not four mm-hmm. elephant heads, right? It's four tusks and ram's horns. So talk about a defended head there. And it's guarding gems, I guess, like sort of like smog the, the, the dragon from Lord of the Rings. Not like gems in, it built into its body. Oh, did it? You know I, what? I watched it. Okay. Once. So is it is it like it hoards gems like in its lair? Oh, or, no. It's in a cave. Okay. So it's... So a, it's its location is a limestone cave. It's called the Wonder Gat, which means mystery hole. 
Oh, it's also known as Haiti Aibab, which in the Nama language, which means emptiness. So it's in mm. this massive cave, cave full of diamonds. I like the Wonder Hole better than the emptiness. The emptiness sounds sort of sad. Yeah. The Wonder Hole, that sounds like something that, like, you know, Oasis <laughs> would sing about. Yeah. I mean, and then you, but be careful because there's this massive creature who is very protective of its booty. <laughs> but it will trade safety yeah. for gold, even though it hoards gems. So I guess gold, it's trying to expand, it's trying to diversify its portfolio in, mm-hmm. pre- in precious resources. Is, is, that what we're, is that what we're learning here about the Grootslang? Yeah, I mean, what I'd want to know is, I'd love to know why, because I know, do you know its origin story? I'm aware of it, but have you spoken about it before? No, honestly, if my recollection is coming back to me, how I have this little list, I simply went on Google and I said, I said, top, top African monster myths or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I typed them because I figured that, that I talked to PJ and we do uh, like two or three, uh, an episode, or we'd get through like 10 in the first episode, but we talked about mm-hmm. so much other stuff like the Anunnaki and Merkaba and, and the Dogon and the Zulu origin myths. Um, so check out that show. I think it's. I don't even know what it's called, but it, it's it's episode fifty or fifty two. Listen to all the episodes; they're fantastic. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't delve deeper than that because you know he he was my you know from South Africa expert on that. Mm. No, I mean so the origin story is that um, it was created by the gods, and it was meant to be as strong and cunning and as tel- as intelligent as them. But then what happened was they saw that the animal could be cruel. So what they did was split them up. So that's why we have snakes and elephants today. But the issue is one good slang escaped and basically slithered into this cave and just survived. And from there, it's just, it's just hidden from its creators and lurks there to this day. You know, why are all gods not really as um, omnipotent as they're supposed to be? I mean, why does something always get away you know, I mean, did they? Maybe they intended there to be like this one chimera monster out there, just just to try to keep us honest. I, you know, I I don't think it was next. I don't think it really got away. It just thinks it got away. <laughs> no, you know what? I. But then you know you see, you see it omnipotent. But are they like apart from like I can't, I don't know much about other world religions, but like how many really do say that they know everything? I don't know, but I can tell you one thing: they, they, none of them are like you know, the Norse myth. You know, they're they're vulnerable to the giants and you know Ragnarok, and it keeps repeating. Uh, you think about the uh, the three big religions of who. I mean, there's there's still a devil, right? Um, yeah. So, like, 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 did, did you see it? Did I know, like, with the Christian God, like, did he see the whole snake thing coming? But then, the thing is, apparently know, not, Genesis. and let Lilith get away, also, right? Yeah, because I mean, like in Genesis, who said this? Who said this? When it said, um, you know, this someone will stamp on the snake's heel, the, the, the heel will like attack the this man's, like, rewind, the snake will attack this man's heel and the man will stomp on the snake. So that was Satan and Jesus overcoming Satan. So I think that was who God said that. So God knew. I think God knew I planned everything like, according to Christianity. So he made the snake to be... I think the issue is, what happens is, these gods with the Grootslang, 
like I said, made them to be cunning, intelligent. But what happens is when you have that freedom of will and you're smart and you're strong, it can turn bad. So the the opportunity was there to either use your skills for good or for bad. But to get Victorians back to work and grow the economy. Jobs Victoria is backing small businesses and job seekers. There are free services to help employers find and hire staff, including up to $20,000 wage subsidies. And for job seekers, there's free support to connect you to jobs, training and careers counselling. So if you're looking for work or workers, Jobs Victoria is ready to back you. Find out more at jobs.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. To get Victorians back to work and grow the economy... Jobs Victoria is backing small businesses and job seekers. There are free services to help employers find and hire staff, including up to $20,000 wage subsidies. And for job seekers, there's free support to connect you to jobs, training and careers counselling. So if you're looking for work or workers, Jobs Victoria is ready to back you. Find out more at jobs.vic.gov.au. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. They saw either timeline happening. Um, if that I, makes sense, it does. It makes perfect sense, and that the uh, and I don't want to be anti-religious on this particular episode. So I'll say that the, the, an alternate theory might just be that the God's timeline is a whole lot different than ours. So even though mm. it sounds like all of our you know history five seven thousand years, what you know, however long back you, you want to go, mm. you know, they've been around forever. So you know, it may seem like a long time to us, but it's a blink of the eye to them. So they just haven't gotten around to it yet. But you know, they may not get around to it for you know. Two billion more years, but that, mm-hmm. that that's nothing for them. That that's just a power nap. So uh, it, may, it may not be that they let it happen. It's just that they're they're well aware and they're going to take care of it. But they're going to smash that snake's head at that you know when they're good and ready. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me of like the fox example. Like I, I don't know much about why a fox is called cunning, um, but I know like you know in all these folk tales, the fox is always like devious and mm-hmm. whatever. But then I think about it: foxes need to be cunning. They're they're in they have they having to adapt to human environment. They're not always in the forest. We have some in London. They love to go in my garden, and <laughs> they they have to be cunning because they have to adapt to concrete and tall buildings. So even before that, what? you know, yeah. you know, they were they were cunning, and you know, I'll, I'll lump the jackal in with the fox because they're basically mm-hmm. the same animal, um, and they're predators but they're solitary predators and they're sort of small so they're in competition with wolves and lions and bears and tigers and jaguars so they have to be smart and quick and cunning to survive because they're not even pack animals it's not like there's 20 foxes hanging around that they can fight things off so interesting why is that why not i i don't know (laughs) i don't know because most most canines are pack animals i don't know why the fox isn't I mean jackals are pack animals, coyotes are, but foxes are not. I don't know. That's weird. I I another thing I've got to look into now. Yeah. I, I suppose I cannot. <laughs> one of my greatest frustrations is I am fascinated by the octopus. I can't find a goddamn marine biologist. Even during COVID, all the aquariums were closed. I contacted like ten aquariums, and they're all like, "We're really busy now." I'm like, "What are you really busy with? Your day is exactly the same, <laughs> and there's no people bothering you." That apparently that approach didn't work. Oh, I don't. Gosh, I don't know any. Because you just you always hear the term. You think, oh, marine biologists. In but Seinfeld, <laughs> do they even exist? Do they exist? No, 
No. Are they just I, AI at this point? No, we, yes. We will absolutely find a Groot Slang before, and the Bull Man before we will find <laughs> a marine biologist. Marine they, they are mythical creatures that exist only in podcasts, and they're all faking it. Bunch of liars. Yeah. Prove me wrong, marine biologist. On cephalopods, please. Come on, come on, come on the episode. Please. I love, I love you. <laughs> so, uh, marine biologists, all of you, uh, especially come cephalopods. Um, and if and if somebody knows something about why a fox is solitary, that that to me is uh, I, I never even thought about it by now that you it's know, strange. Let me write that down. I'm gonna ask. I'm okay. gonna ask the internet. The internet will know. Well, yeah, the the internet might tell you it's because it took in vector mectin while you know suntanning too long. God, oh gosh, I'm a farm, I'm a pharmacist. Uh, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, so we have the Groot slang, which surprisingly made it onto my list. What else? What else do you have now? The my list, by the way, is all from Africa. So if it's if it's from other places in the diaspora, chances are that, that you'll surprise me again, and I won't impress you. <laughs> I mean, talking about again, like hybrids. I know there is a, a hyena. Where's he from? I say he, but is it a they? Yeah, let's go with that. Yes, you can. You can have female. Uh, sure. You can have. Sure. There's no really gender thing, but I'll talk about it in a bit. So we have the boltungin, boltungin. I actually mentioned the boltungin. I basically have a book. I have a little manual. I don't know if you do. You play games like um. Dungeons and Dragons and stuff like that. I played Dungeons and Dragons when I was like 12 to 14, which... Man, you should have invested a stock in D&D. It's really big now. <laughs> I, I guess I should have. I mean, there's a lot of things that I should have done that I didn't do. And that that, <laughs> that would be an entire podcast itself. You know, bad choices Jeff made, but I, I am still here. And I, really? I'm 53 and I live like a 23-year-old and I'm Come basically on. happy as a clam. I love that. I'm 23, so can't wait to be 53 and just living like how I live now. I bet to buy a bit more money, I think, hopefully. Yeah, money's overrated. Yeah, see, I, I, I'd love to get to that thinking. No, no, you know what? I agree. I agree. You, you, need, anyway. you need enough to live and live comfortably. So I, I, like, I'm not saying that if you're destitute or poor or living check to check, that that's not a situation that, that you want to better. But like the desire to be wealthy and rich, it, it never ends. There, there's not enough. I, I played that game and you can never win. And just, a, um, you know, it's much better to just live, a, in my view, to live a simplified life and, and be happy with what you've got, provided that you have enough. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not say, I'm not disacknowledging the, the privilege that I enjoy to say these words. Mm. Um, but you know what? I, you know what? I actually agree. And I actually wanted to ask, you know, cut this out if this isn't relevant, but I yeah. just want to ask, when did you get that thinking? Because, you know, I was actually joking about the whole money thing. I am the same thing. Like, I want to work part-time because in my job, I can earn enough where I don't have to be on like a higher tax bracket, but I can still earn enough to be okay and not like earn a lot. And I think, I don't know if it came from my upbringing because we weren't rich or anything, but I just, I do see a lot of, you know, like, thirst for wealth and i just i don't want to hold it i don't like it it's okay. it just brings more problems i'm not i'm not going to edit it out because i think a candid conversation is nice but because i don't want to reveal too much of myself i'm not going to give too much of the information but mm. you asked when i will say i will give you that answer uh probably around 2016 ish probably around wow. six years ago 
um, is when recently. I, yeah, it's pretty recently and, and it came by necessity and, and, uh, certain choices that I made and didn't make, which led to a different choice, which was like, mm. get about the business of living, dude. And, you know, and once I adopted that philosophy, um, it was a little bit liberating and, you know, I, I guess you fake it until it becomes part of your, your marrow and it has, but you know, you slip just like any, just like any other addiction, you, you slip. Wait, and you have forget to, about the business of living. Uh, no, start, start with the business of living. I'm, if, uh, I, if I said the other, I, I misspoke. Um, I probably meant forget about the rest. No, it was get on with the business of living. Um, um you know, and, uh, as opposed to, you know, brooding or, or coveting or whatever. Uh, and, and since then, I don't know, a lot of other things have come, I don't want to say easy, but easier. Uh, you know, I don't know. I've had like real problems. Not that everyone hasn't, but, you know, uh, anyway, overcoming those and, and you know, whatever it is. Yeah. It, it, it's, it, it was a middle age enlightenment after a middle age crisis. So, mm. you know, sort of cliche, but. It, it works for me now and I'm having fun and I, you know, trying to be a little bit creative and hopefully, hopefully I'm adding something to this world in some small way. Yeah. No, I love that because you, you have a following. You, you said you were, you had, you, you had a podcast episode that was episode 53, which I want to get there. You know what I mean? So the fact that you've been able to get that far on things with that mindset is amazing. And you cre- always need creativity. I learned like when I was, I did my first D and D beyond game couple of weeks ago and I was struggling with being able to find creative creativity in my answers because you know about the game it's very much like this situation is happening what is your character doing and in my day-to-day life it's very much it's very logical very patient safety healthcare so you don't really there's no room to be creative because creativity can lead to death and when you play these games it's like oh let me think outside the box a bit and let me, you know, channel my inner child self, but also just because adulthood and life says you have to fit into a box of work until, well, in this country it's what, 67 now? Crazy stuff. And being able to be a creative via podcasting, via gaming, via music, etc. It's I think it's amazing that well, we you- do that. You say sixty seven is amazing, but part of the part of the compromise with with my uh, new philosophy is that I'm, I'm pretty much aware that I'm going to work till the day I die. So at this at this rate, I won't be able to retire until I'm something like ninety seven, um, or for those of you who know my real age, until I'm twenty four thousand five hundred and sixty three. <laughs> Come on, like uh, I can't. I'm tired already. I've just started. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought you were talking about me, which, I mean, the, the, listen, in fairness, you've lasted a lot longer than a lot of people before getting tired of me. And then there's others that last what? much longer. But everyone at some point gets tired of me. Even me, that's that's why I drink. No, I don't I don't drink. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I mean, I mean, when you, because I, before, like, joining today, I didn't know about your work. And when you reached out, I was just like, oh, okay, come on. And then... I just haven't had conversations with someone who's older about these things, <laughs> about like the podcast and not to say, not to be even ageist, but just, it's, I just love sometimes to sit down and hear their perspective, I think. Well, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I've only been podcasting a couple of years, so I, I think that there's far better people I could put you in touch with who could give you more 
you know, especially, you know, at, at your stage. But, mm. um, uh, you know, and I think anyone listening here probably to the show probably knows, yeah, you know, they, they probably have various opinions of, you know, they, they probably heard my challenges with audio and, and things like mm-hmm. that, where, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. And, and, you know, they're hopefully here for the content. So uh, for those of you who want to hear more about my life, Keep tuning in because eventually, you know, I'll, I'll I'll give up, you know, little tidbits here and there. <laughs> if you really want to, you could probably find it out by looking it up on the public record. There's plenty there. Um, but let's get back to our diaspora conversation. And, you know, after our little interlude there. Um, and I don't know, take take me to uh, someplace else in the world or someplace else on the African continent or whatever. And let, let, let's let's get something fun and scary. Fun and scary. Oh, we were on the hyenas. We we, we didn't even yes. get that far with the hyenas. Yes, we, we... I didn't finish it. I was, I was actually gonna. I'm just gonna continue. I think all the all the all the um, creatures are fun and scary. They're not all scary, but they're all fun. Okay, fair enough. I see that point. But let's go to the hyenas. So yeah. basically, the Boltingen, it's um, in the Lake Chad region. So again, I don't even know where that is. I know it's in Africa, but well, it sounds like it would be in Chad, right? If it's Lake Chad. You know what? Yeah. Gosh. You know, my brain after a certain time is switched off. Sorry. <laughs> On the weekend. But yes, exactly that. But it's also present in Sudan and Tanzania and um, Morocco as well. See, there so you go. Then, now you're impressing us. See, I didn't know that. Oh, come on. Come on. So, it's, 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 so basically, it's northeast region of the continent. If I'm correct, please drag me from wrong. But I, I think, uh, well, check Is it essential? Chad is more central. Tanzania right. is definitely t- to the east. What were the mm-hmm. other countries that you said? Sudan. Yeah, Sudan is definitely, uh, Sudan's like directly sort of south and a little bit westish of Egypt. Okay, so yeah, and then Morocco, so it's kind of north-ish. And Morocco, region. yeah, we have like a strange direction here. It's almost like, uh, it's almost like, oh, Jeez, it's like one of those Tetris squigglies. Like it's, it's like a storing lines right now. I know we're drawing on a, on a screen on an audio, <laughs> but there's a there's a word for the for the thing. But it, it's almost like it starts south, goes due north from from the eastern side of Africa, then it goes sort of central, and it goes sort of parallel in a, a westerly direction. It's not a parallelogram. It's like it, it, it's it's almost like. No, like uh, this is gonna sound terrible, but half of a swastika, like what what makes like one of the, one of the lines. Listen, swa- oh. the the Nazis took the swastika, which which was like an Eastern symbol for fertility, and turned it around Hindu, and yeah, and 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 yeah. and, 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 and and they turned it backwards. Uh, so I, I mean, but it's it's and then it goes northerly, sort of sort of central, almost central western up to Morocco, which because Morocco is like sort of due south of. Uh, Spain, France, uh, mm. Monaco. Popular tourist area to go to. Yeah, Marrakesh, the train to Marrakesh. All right, so we have hyenas. But the interesting part of that is that hyenas are really thought of more like sub-Saharan than North uh, Saharan. So I guess the yeah. hyena man uh, can travel more easily. So, so yeah, so let, let's get in. Let's not dazzle people with my knowledge of geography or, <laughs> or traumatize them with that. And let, let's talk about hyenas. Are they like werewolf kind of things? Yeah, so basically at night they can transform into these cannibal monsters from humans that terrorizes people. And for some reason they have a particular vendetta against lovers. So, you know, if you have like a night um a night stroll with your partner, partners, they they no, that's a no from them. 
So if you want to have a midnight stroll, avoid the half of the the half of the swastika where the the hyena. Mm-hmm. And what's it called? What's the the, the name? Both Boltengen. Boltengen. That sounds yes. like a, that sounds like Voldemort's friend or some something. It, just it. He should not be named. Oh, scary stuff. Is the yeah, are, so, is there are they associated with the phases of the moon or it's just night? It's just night, and the way it works, the way they work is that um, they tend to be um, like woodcutters during the day. <laughs> okay. Blacksmiths, isn't there a whole thing about even in European um, law about blacksmiths just being a bit weird? Yes. What is that? But, like probably because they if you know a bit. I don't know. I, I mean, maybe it's anger about making tools for people who are richer than you. I, I, I'm not. I'm not sure, but you could probably say that about any labor. But I guess aren't like smiths considered like they're strong? Like you know, they got the heavy armor. They have to lift mm-hmm. the anvils around. They work with the heat, so they're probably gnarled and strong. So they have some sort of respect. So they're like that close to the fighting class, and the, and yeah. they're like necessary, but sort of overlooked at the same time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm 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 making stuff up now. It's, I don't know the answer to this any more than I know why a, a fox is solitary. Yeah, I mean, again, blacksmiths. What's that about? But again, so these guys are blacksmiths, woodcutters. They might even be heaters. And again, they are like larger in size. But the interesting thing is that when they transform into their hyena form, they're actually bigger than their normal hyena counterparts. You yes. can tell the difference if you see them together. You'd know which one. It's, it's, like, a it's, like a, it's like a dire hyena. Yeah. It's like a uber hyena. Yeah, like a mega hyena. Yeah. So this is the, great. Just, Much more practical than a werewolf, because a werewolf is only during the during the full moon. This is yeah. like all the time. I mean, if you want to kill and murder lovers, which I do, I very much. Yes. And then and if you and then they have this ability where um what they do even what they even do is like they call people's names out at night to lure them away from safety. Whoa, they can talk, so they're like sirens as well. Oh yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. This is awesome. I I, I think I want to be a Bolton Diggin. Did I say that? Bolton Gin. Well, Bolton Do I need to be able to say it to become one? I mean, does it really matter once I'm a hyena? Where hyena? I think you do. Oh. I think you do because it's like it means I change myself into a hyena. I feel like you have to say it to be able to change. So it's like He Man, you have to say, I have the power. <laughs> or, or, or like Captain Marvel, you have to say Shazam. Oh, do you actually have to say that? Yeah, as far as I understand, yeah. So, Bolton oh. King. Um, I did it wrong. Bolton what? Oh, bam. You, Bolton, bam. It, and then, it's daytime. That's what went wrong. That's, uh, I, was gonna, I was actually going to say, like, no. Nighttime, and then the thing is, like, so I kind of said briefly, I've got like a D and D, but not D and D. It's for um, nerd, grimmer, nerd <laughs> vibes. Um, you know, what? I love it. I'm, I'm, my, my toe is in the water of that tabletop um, role playing games, and I'm really enjoying it. But I've written basically a manual about four perilous creatures, and the Bolson game was one of them. And I wrote a story about how. Basically, these creatures, the women, what happens is you find um, what happened in the story was that this woman was caught um, digging graves. So this is the Baltigan, a female one, was digging graves, trying to find bodies in there to eat. And these soldiers were, you know, just paroling the area of the village and they saw it and killed her. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Yeah. And then what happened was the next day, 
they found basically the dead hyena with like an earring in its ears because that was the female. So it's I think it's quite interesting how even though when they transform, it's kind of like Hulk. Because when Hulk transforms, doesn't he still have pants and trousers? Yeah, like purple ones. Um, yeah. A lot, a lot of investment in purple pants there. Um, so she does, so like werewolves revert to their human form, or at least that's what I'm led to believe. So that doesn't happen here. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and so soldiers can kill, you can kill a Balton uh, Jin, uh, with like what spears, bullets, anything does it require silver or garlic or just any sort of human weapon can suffice. If there's a, you need to use a particular spirit, you need to use sort of magic. I think in my story, I, I think the arrows were like dipped in something like pepper or something. Okay. Just I, to make it a bit more spicy and that worked to I, kill it essentially. I have to look into this because I, I, I accept that the, the, there's not necessarily going to be invulnerability, but I don't want to be that vulnerable. So like the, like the bull man with just a whip in a left hand, I, I think I could take those odds. But if like just any sort of human weapons with pepper spray, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm rethinking my, my wear hyena position. So, all right, so, but very cool on the wear hyenas. What else we got? You know what? Leading up to what you're saying, I want to ask you, how patient are you? Because there is, there are creatures where the way you sort of kill them, make them vulnerable, is by making them count each rice particle that's on the floor. Could you do that? Like a bag of rice, just like... Do I get to sound like the Count from Sesame Street while doing it? <laughs> oh, my God. Did I watch... I watched Sesame Street, but I don't remember it. Oh, wait, the oh, Count was oh. the, the, the vampire, right? Right, he's counting. The Count. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, my God. A one, a two. Can I do it? It's it's interesting you should say that because <laughs> I am researching, and, and I'm actually doing the research this time because I'm doing it with a host that, that you know, she's like me. She's not an expert. Um, we're just mm-hmm. both interested. So I, I, so I've been reading a bunch of stuff about vampires from around the earth, but okay. spoiler, a lot of it's sort of reaching as to whether they're vampires or not. I mean, a lot of the vampires are sort of the same as zombies. They're sort of the same as werewolves or, or the Boltingen. Anyway, um, apparently one of the ways that you can stop a vampire is that you put certain things on the ground, like grains of sand in some cases, mm-hmm. or grains of dirt and like, they like magically have to stop and count them. So yeah. if you put enough down that they have to count them, that you can either get away or, you know, gets to daylight and they have to go back into their crypt again. So, uh, yeah. So that sounds sort of similar with the, you said the little grains of rice. Mm-hmm. So for example, you have, again, it, it's actually a vampire as well. It's a succulent. Have you heard of her? I don't think so, but it's another her, mm-hmm. huh? Yeah, so she's basically like a witch and a vampire merge. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why. Does she even... Oh, no, she does. Okay, cool. So basically, she is from Dominica. She's from St. Lucia and Trinidad. And basically, she works in a way that she flies through the night in search of her next victim's blood, which then she, which she needs to refresh her spirit during the day. That is... Well, that's, that's pretty scary. That's pretty cool. Is there any place that you would consider part of the Black Diaspora that, like, nobody else would think of? Not nobody else, but most people wouldn't mm. think of. I, mean, I think normally we think, obviously, Africa. We think in, in the in the Americas, uh, the mm. Caribbean, uh, Caribbean. Like, is there any, like, sort of place that, like, sort of, like, maybe oddly became, like, there's, a, I, I don't know, like, a 
country in Asia or, or, or like, you know, some, some place in, you know, in, in Eastern Europe or whatever, where like a large community went and like sort of created their own myth or took it with them. And it, it sort of morphed a little bit. Gosh. The answer may very well be no. I mean, that, that, yeah, that, that's, that's such an excellent question because I would, I want to know, because for example, there are a number of us in the UK but I think the difference with the UK is that we've, it must have been either our parents were born here or our parents emigrated from um, African countries. So my mum came over here in the 80s. And the, the thing with us, like I'm first gen, we just brought our culture over. There isn't really much change or creativity or evolving from what was taught back home. And I, my guess is that it's because we haven't really been here for a hundred years. That's why. Oh. Whereas you have, whereas you have, you know, his, hundreds of years of, of black people in the Americas, they are able to merge and then create their own mm-hmm. um, folklore. If that makes sense. Of course, things it does. that are passed down. Sure. I mean, isn't that so, what folklore is? It's oral traditions, largely. Yeah. And then when you meet other oral traditions, I mean. I mean, assimilation and or diversion or divergence, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. I mean, I mean, history is littered with that. I mean, that's part of what yeah. this show is, how, you know, the Canaanite gods and the Egyptian gods and the Greek gods and the Roman gods, you know, all have so much in common. Or the Russian and the Germanics and the Norse, so much in common, mm-hmm. to, practically to be identical. And that's that's one of the things I, that I'm very interested in. And, and I don't want to say it again because I'll bore the audience how I always mention how certain characters seem to be. The, the same person even though they're from different mm-hmm. places um but that that stuff interests me and and uh but it doesn't surprise me at all and and the fun thing is to find the path and and try to figure out sort of how it happened and say okay well this this group came from let's say western africa went mm-hmm. to you know and ended up in trinidad and then yeah. traveled to jamaica and then you know, south america and then that just infiltrates when you have the great migration and then it's all over America now, not just the South. Right. And then like it, it meant with, and then it meant Catholic Catholicism. And so mm-hmm. sort of took the names of the, you know, you know saints or, you know, mm-hmm. or there was a, you know, went to India and there's a, and so some of the Hinduism got into it or the, the, uh, I don't know what the Indian panoply, I think it's a, Maybe it's Vedic. I'm, I'm not really sure. I, I've got to mm. learn that. But like Kali or whatever. Anyway, I, yeah. I love I love to see sort of the, the comparisons and and you know where you know some of them are the same and some different. Like like there's there's a lot of the goddesses. The goddess you talk Ashun, I think was was the name Ashun, yeah. early on. So you know, so you know, if in fact she is the origin of Ishtar at some point or Inanna at some point, Ishtar sort of split into both. Athena and Aphrodite, mm. you know, or at least that's my take on things. I, yeah. I'm certainly not a scholar, but that, but she seems to have attributes of both, or they have, they both have attributes of her, whichever uh, way you want to yeah. look at it. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I, I think the, the journey is really cool. And then, you know, sometimes you can make sense of things, but other times things don't make sense. Like how is the, the, the same archetype in, I don't know, Thailand? Like what's, what's the connection mm-hmm. there? And I'm just yeah. picking Thailand out of the blue. I don't have any specific uh, example there. All right. So yeah. so we don't have any super surprise diaspora I mean, locations. You know what, though? Saying that, there are, like, things sort of mixing in the culture of, like, my people in, like, 
in the UK, which is that, for example, there's this anecdote where, for example, um, the police were looking for this prominent artist, the singer, and um, his group as well. And it's just thought that when the police arrived at where they're located, all they saw was like pigeons, birds, and that these these people were meant to be there. So there are there is like speculation that despite religious infiltration, that there's the ability to transform into animals. So I mean, there's not much detail going around, but this is something that's been spoken about hush 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 for like the past ten years now, I think. Well, turning into a pigeon would be very practical because yeah. there's pigeons in every city. So who would think of, like, if they turned into, like, a pack of wolves, that would be like, huh, that's unusual. Um, you know, or yeah, or, or a bull man. <laughs> yeah, and that, in the UK, for goodness sake. I yeah. mean, again, like, another person just transformed into a cat. I've heard that quite a bit in this country mm-hmm. as well. And these are people who are, like, now in their 40s. So it makes you think, huh, so there's this belief that is sort of coming about in this country, but I think we're still quite contemporary. Like, we, we, in terms of the diaspora, we are known here for, like, our culture, music, food, but I think passing down stories, not quite there yet, but I think because we are still quite new. I say new, like, a century. Okay. I'm going to ask you something that has almost nothing to do with the topic of the show, but has everything to do with what you just were talking about. Mm. And hopefully you do. Do you watch the show Atlanta? I have. That's okay. the American show with them. Um, it is. Donald, Danny Glo- Donald Glover? Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. That's Jr. it. No, it's not Danny Glover. Um, <laughs> he's from Lethal Weapon. Uh, but, uh, um, okay. So you probably haven't watched the latest episode. Do do so and let me know what you think because... Uh, is there a new season out? Oh, yeah. Just started. There's like five episodes. And, and as usual, it's it's brilliant. Oh. But, okay. So here's the synopsis of the plot. Uh, Paperboy is being recruited by what, you know, it, it's a... A high fashion house in in somewhere in Europe. I think it's in the UK, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Um, to be part of, apparently, they did something offensive. So they have this group of social influencers that are, uh, you know, minorities, mostly black, but not entirely. Um, and but most of them are sort of indoctrinated. They know what's sort of expected, and and who's using who is part of the question. But this is Paperboy's first. <laughs> you know, uh, encounter with this. Well, not international gig, but being sort of recruited by like, just say like Gucci Armani to sort of like, like apologize for them to like sort of give Mm. them cover. Like this is my black friend. Um, And, you know, he's like, you know, he's real. He's, he's, you know, he's himself. It's not just his gimmick. And, um, but part of the, one of the subplots is is of course Darius, who is Nigerian also, which is funny because in like one of the first, maybe season one, Paperboy is talking to Ernie, he goes, I don't I hate Nigerians. I don't trust Nigerians. And he goes, Darius is Nigerian. He's your best friend. He's like, he is? <laughs> so <laughs> anyway, that's just like, so in this, Darius really wanted to go to a Nigerian restaurant that he heard of. Let's just say it's London or Paris. And one of the high-end assistants said, it's my job, so I'll take you there. I'll drive you there. So they went there and they went to this place. It wasn't fancy. It was authentic. Mm-hmm. He was talking to the auntie. He got exactly what he wanted. And the woman he was with, she loved every part of it, but she seemed to be distracted. And then he goes back again, I don't know, after some, like a month, and it's closed. She bought, she didn't buy the business. She bought the building from the landlord and she opened up like a, like a food truck outside, something like Taste of Nigeria. So basically put the, the authentic one out of business, made it like mm-hmm. their own sort of 
nouveau Nigerian food, which was not authentic. And she wanted Darius to try a dish that she called the Darius because she put chutney peaches on it because he's from Georgia and he threw it in the trash. He's like, no, I'm not doing this. Uh, but like, yeah, but he felt guilty because he put them together innocently, but he indirectly caused this, like, like the, yeah. like the death of like this legendary cultural place in the UK. So why am I starting with this? Do you have a delicious UK Nigerian restaurant that, that you covet and cherish? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, well don't let any fashion house people into it because they may ruin yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, no, I do. And I think this is that it's authentic though, because it's, it's, it's authentic because it's for us, by us, as in like, it's made by Nigerians. I know like, Fubu. Fubu, yeah, I love that, I love that um, phrase. But like, I know of a, I think a Caribbean, which is already a broad term sure. to use for food. Um, it's not owned by um, a Caribbean person, and it's known for its good drinks. I won't say the name, but it's known for its good drinks. But um, just the food—it's it's just not very authentic, right? Sadly, well, that's exactly what was ha- what was happening here. So you know, it's sort of like the uh, homogenization of, of of the world, you know, and, and largely you know at the expense of authenticity generally. Mm. Um, anyway, I love that show. Check out that episode. I think you'll know why I brought it up. <laughs> Uh, even in the context of the show and audience, hopefully you enjoyed that. If not, too bad. So, but we're gonna we're gonna go with another monster or creature or myth now. Um, so we we left off with the well, the, maybe the band who turns themselves into pigeons, shapeshifters, shapewalkers. Um, so, who, who's next on our hit parade of of scary or interesting beings? Yeah, I mean, should we go with like animals now? Sure. I mentioned the root slang. I haven't mentioned. Any more animals have I? No, just the Groot slang. No, we can go with the. So it's called a Mokele Mbembe. It's basically um, from Congo and it's Lingala for the one who stops the flow of rivers. And I think why I mentioned this one is because it's part of one of my um, recent episodes, which are basically cryptids. So these are. This creature is something that looks like a sauropod. Mm-hmm. So it looks like a, a dinosaur. And it's thought to be, but then you think, you know, why would you see a dinosaur in the 20th century? So is it? Is that a dinosaur or is it this creature? I know. Is, it, it, such... is it Nessie? Hmm? Is it Nessie, the, the Loch Ness Monster? But the Congo, the Congo version, the Congolese version, perhaps. Oh, well, it's I mean, the water, water is water, right? The, 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 the monster doesn't know what country it's in. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? It could literally just travel across. But then it's interesting because so it's in the swamps area. Mm-hmm. Is it Loch Ness Monster? That's not in the swamps, is it? No, it's in it's a swamps. it's in a giant Loch is Lake. Yeah, it's in it's in literally Loch Ness. Ah, see, because this one is like more of a swampy creature. Mm, like me. So it's swampy. Oh, I know a swampy creature. Maybe you know the the Kangamato. Yes, I wrote about it, that as well. Okay, so that's a flying reptile that lives in rivers and swamps, but no feathers, sort of like a pterosaur. Yes. So, so that's similar as well. Like Again, like I, mean, I think um, there was an anecdote where in the 20th century, I think in the 50s, um, is it the 50s? Well, no, you're thinking, I know I have another one that's from West Africa, so the, the mm-hmm. Ninki Nanka. Mm-hmm. So that's also a, a swamp creature and sort of like a, a dragon, but apparently it's got like a like a giraffe 
neck, almost like maybe maybe it was like a skeleton of a brontosaurus that inspired it or something like that. But isn't it something that like, it's like almost like the boogeyman, but the boogie monster? Like if you're a bad child, that that's who comes and gets you. Yeah, so that it's from South Africa as well, and they're sort of like an eel, and it can make like tornadoes and hurricanes as well. <laughs> Bad. That's amazing. So it can also so it can do that. Uh, now I had yeah. in my notes similar appearance to Chinese dragons, which is sort of neat. Okay, is that is that what this supposedly is? Well, that's what my Google blip Says. said. That doesn't mean that that's again that doesn't make it authentic. It could be like the Caribbean restaurant you were talking about, or the Taste of Nigeria that they relayed in Atlanta, where it loses its authenticity and someone just put there similar appearance to Chinese <laughs> dragons because. That's the quickest thing they could come up with in five words or less, you know, or oh, six words. True. So maybe it's not an appearance to Chinese dragon. You are our, you're our expert. You are, you know, a Nigerian one generation removed. So in, in the stories that you've heard, does it look like a Chinese dragon at all? Or is that just, that's a, that's a Google myth? You know what? Based on what I know about Chinese dragons though. Well, they sort of look like lions almost, like almost like, you know, elongated yeah. lions. This one's more of an eel. A winged eel. Okay. So nothing like a Chinese dragon head yeah. at all. <laughs> okay. Good. I, it's it's fine. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, I'm going to delete that that sentence because if I ever raise this again, I don't want to read that part and sound dumb, even though this is recorded for eternity. I have one other that I wanted to ask you about, um, and this came in my vampire research but it doesn't really sound like a vampire and it's the adzes spelled like the tool as a-d-z-e yeah, yeah. so um what's that about i believe i'm not sure where in africa this is from but apparently the the author felt this was a myth or an explanation about malaria so i, I guess it would be mm-hmm. somewhere where malaria is rampant yeah so i mean again i write about in my in the book manual it was basically this manual was used as um characters for um this game Perilous. <laughs> it's called beyond the fire um and i wrote about the ads as well and essentially like that is true it's a little firefly that's known as a blood sucker as well and it's from so again this is from togo and ghana and but instead of the whole country it's from the ewe folklore so the arab ethnic group and it's um a shapeshifter fly, which its name means like an axe-like tool. So it can be basically its its power is to you know possess ordinary humans and turn them into like sort of um, witches that are quite that don't have a soul basically. So I think that was used as a way to like um, explain the symptoms of malaria because with malaria you're very like um, tired and very like, lethargic, feverish as well. Like you're not your normal self, basically. I see. Um, I have one other that I want to ask you about, and then you can go through your preparation. Uh, and this one is is interesting to me because it sort of combines two archetypes but puts them together. And I think I, I don't I haven't heard this put together before. So it's sort of like a combination of the lightning bird, the thunderbird. Uh, and like a, a witch, which drinks human blood, which also obviously a little bit vampiric, but mm-hmm. yeah, not exactly. And it's it's called I'm gonna again forgive my pronunciation, but the impundulu, I M P U N D U L U. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, what I love about the impundulu as well is um, 
rope, oh crap, I'm getting about so many now, is that it's actually thought to be a witch's familiar. Mm. So it does the bidding of um, that witch. And um, it's, like you said, thought to be like a vampire bird. And it's something that actually outlives its um, masters. So it's basically, even though it uh, is quite strong, it still needs to be like tamed by its masters, i.e. the witches and the witches' descendants. And the only way you can destroy it is really by fire. So the firebird gets gets killed by more fire. Mm-hmm. Oh, so I was going to ask what happens after the witch is dead. So the witch's descendants are also witches and they have to sort of train it all over again, or I guess part of the, well, I don't know what kind of parents witches are, but I guess part of their duty should be to train their descendants as adolescents or whatever to uh, yeah. to uh, have the uh, firebird, the impundulum. Impundulu uh, mm-hmm. be uh, uh, subservient to them. So yeah. that's good. So I, I could, I could use definitely could use some of those in my army. I could use some vampiric firebirds. Uh, <laughs> so what kind of like what's the strength of the fire needed to eradicate to eviscerate this creature? This is I'm talking a blaze because this creature is so like powerful. It's not just like. Um, you know, throw a match or something. It's I think it's sort of like you need to corner off a section of a forest to make sure it's like completely like surrounded by this fire. So we're talking an inferno. We're not we're not talking <laughs> campfire, few torches kind of thing. We're to, we're we're talking about it's like no escape kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, that 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 can make it into my evil army of of the macabre, like my <laughs> my my little Castlevania army of creatures. Um, that's anime. I'm hip. Um, I, oh, I've been told that if you say hip, you're not hip. So that's okay. I'm, I'm not concerned about that. All right. Give me another. Give me another monster or or deity type that uh, that maybe is a little bit different, but maybe something with like reptilian bat wings, like something gargoyle like or demon like. Like what? Are, what? What are the and I know that with the diaspora, that's exactly what it means. Diaspora spread out. But is, is there any sort of commonality in like sort of like demon myths? And are they tied to like, do they have corresponding angel myths? Is, is, it, is it dualistic or is it more animistic in that, in that you have sort of spirits tied or is it all, is it all over the place? I think it's, it's really all over. I think it's more because, again, there's so many religions and things. It's really hard to generalize anyway. Because um, there are some, you know, deities that are linked to religious and like Catholicism. So, for example, there's um, the Loa of Love in Haiti. So, Haiti is known to be a really Catholic country. Yeah. So, um, there's the in Voodoo. There's literally the Catholic links between that. So, for example, there's um, Atuli, who's the um, would it be Atuli? I'm thinking of. Who am I thinking of? There's one, basically, I think it might be Itzuli, or there's another, like, Loa, which means um, deity spirit in Haitian voodoo, who basically is seen with, like, like holding a baby. And that's basically thought of as sort of the voodoo equivalent to, like, the Mother Mary and mm-hmm. Jesus. So like, there's that as well. Hmm. But I think in general, it's, it is, it's, it's hard to, like, say which is... Um, is it like duality or is it like spirits? Because it's really all over. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you go far 
as far back as we can with, you know, semi-recorded history, basically religions came in two forms. One was the dualism, sort of the sun and the moon or light in the dark. And the, mm -hmm. the other was sort of animism, often with like, you know, the skies and, and the earth or the, the, the waters and, and the skies being the, the, you know, sort of the dual, the big dualism, but everything sort of, you know, well, that's what animism is. Every, everything, everything had a spirit and, you know, that that's like Tengri in, in, you know, Asia and, you know, even the, the, the Druids in, you know, throughout Europe and, uh, you know, the, the first nations here, which, you know, probably came from Central Asia as well and in Africa as well. So, you know, animistic uh, traditions, religions, faiths are, you know, sort of all over the place. And I think they made it into the, the various, you know, paganistic panoplies as well, either yeah. directly or indirectly. Yeah, exactly. But I think it's been almost over an hour now. Okay. I'm going to ask you one last thing because we, we mentioned him before, Anansi. What do we know about Anansi? So he's a trickster spider. So he's from Ghana and essentially like known as someone who tricks the gods into like his own biddings. And one thing I love about him is how he became the story, is how he became the keeper of all stories. And I talked about him a bit for World Book Day. And essentially the way it was on earth is that all the gods had all the stories up in the heavens, in the skies, and people on earth were just really bored. Nothing to talk about, to think about. So then he just said, no, this isn't right, this isn't on. So he spoke to um, one of the gods and said, you know, I need the stories to, t to give the people. And what this god said was, you have to give me, you know, the head of a cobra, you need to give me, like, the arm of, like, a jaguar. Um, what was the other one as well? It was, like, I think it was, what was the other one? Something else that was crazy, like... I think it was like another snake on a, a bird that was really hard to catch. So he eventually he got them and then he basically became the keeper of all stories. So I think that's why there's so many stories about him because he he makes them, he creates them and has them. Very cool. And the spider, you know, you know with the webs, that's, you know, mm -hmm. sort of, you know, you have that a lot with the, the Norns and, you know, and I know even in uh, Aboriginal Australia, they, they say yarn as for stories. And I know it's probably just a coincidence, but, you know, people knit yarns, you know, Norns were sort of knitting with yarn. I, I don't know. I just, mm -hmm. you know, again, I sort of, a lot of times when I look for these, these similarities, they're interesting, but they're just nonsense. It's just, it's, it's just a coincidence. Other times there may be something to it and eventually we'll get there. Anyway, I, th I thank you so much for your time, expertise, patience. Tell all the folks where they can find you. Tell them about By the Fire to, you know, promote whatever you have to promote. Yeah, I mean, so, you know, that podcast is available on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. And I've got a website called bythefirepodcast.com where I've put all the information, all the sources that I've used for the episodes as well. And, you know, I've also got um, a Kofi, so... If you enjoy what I do, you can like support financially as well. Um, with as little as like three pounds. And I have a mailing list as well, and that's where I release extra information about um what I've researched um in the video for my short 30 second video. And yeah, I have like other behind the scenes work that are like exclusive to my Kofi supporters for monthly. So if you want to see what behind the scenes, you can get on that and 
yeah, I just, I think right now I'm looking just, I love doing interviews like this because I love being able to speak to other people, hear from their point of view, hear what they know, because it just increases my own knowledge as well. So this is me. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It was delightful. Uh, folks, support our show. I believe Kofi is probably similar to a Patreon. Uh, and, yeah. and I think three pounds is something like 3,000 American dollars. So uh, it sounds very reasonable. Um, folks, thank you for tuning in. Join us next time. Ken, do you have a song that you want us to, to that you associate with the diaspora and miss that, that maybe we should use as our outro? Oh. You could shoot that to me. You have to think about it now. Yeah. Not right now, but I will think of one, yeah. Yeah, uh, folks, so the song will probably be inspired by Ken. Uh, and if it's not, just blame it on her if you don't like the song. Thanks very much for joining us in the, in the Garden of Doom. We'll hear from you next yeah, week yeah. and support her show and check yeah, yeah. it out for sure. Ship from the shores of Cape Coast, Nigeria, Sierra Leone, Senegal, black gold they were hauling. 400 years it was hard then. Kept striving to be free from Marcus Dubois. Can't forget Kwame. For reparations, they did pray to unite in their honor. We do say, Yang.